Coming in hot. Super hot. That was quick. There was a there was a there was a quick bathroom run, and then there was a run in here, and I got here just in time, so that all worked out. That was you've got was that down. I try to. I try to get that down to Practice whatever. Makes perfect. I was at a remote yesterday, and I actually managed to get back from my uh, my trip in 15 seconds, uh, with 15 seconds to spare, oh, which is right, impressive yeah. because I actually did not know that there was 15 seconds uh, to go. So yeah, nice. that worked out worked out well. Randy Whitehouse is here from Sun Journal, SunJournal.com. Randy, um, I, just curious, do we can we shut off the weather machine for these two weeks? Is it possible? Do you know who controls it, and can we get this taken care of? I I don't know who controls it, even after all these years of covering high school sports, and even before that, dealing with weather. Uh, but you know, it's it's pretty much fitting for this season that that we have some disruption early on in the in the playoff schedule and you know then towards towards the end things will finally start to actually feel seasonal so uh, you know that's that's how i'm expecting it to unfold i don't know about you guys yeah that's that's usually that's usually how it goes the good news is you don't have to worry about snow right you know, I mean, I guess that's how we can. As far as we know, yeah. as as we can look at that. So you got Sacopee Winthrop uh, uh, this afternoon, uh, barring that's, any sorts of changes. That's the plan. And uh, I was looking at, uh, you know, my always trusty weather.com app on my phone, and you know, it really doesn't look like it's gonna rain much, if at all, during this afternoon. So, you know, at least in, in you know the Winthrop Gardner Augusta area. Uh, so, you know, I I expect to be there at, at four o'clock and, and wishing that you know that that they had postponed it to <laughs> you know at least when it's above sixty degrees. Yeah, I was uh, I was at the remote outside yesterday. That went well. So oh, that, was, that, that was very pleasant. Yeah, it was it was nice. I'm thinking I gotta um I might make a run over to Freiburg this afternoon because Freiburg's For, hosting Levitt in baseball. Levitt Freiburg, yeah. Yeah, it should be an interesting one there. Uh, you know, whoever comes out of that game could be, uh, uh, you know, I, the, the top teams in, in B-South, I think, are are pretty clear. And, you know, it's those Western Main Conference teams. You know, Wells, deservedly so, is number one in York. And, but, you know, but I'd, I'd like to see, you know, someone – the last two years, that region has had teams from the Western Maine Conference come out of, uh, I think it's the ninth and the seventh seed uh, to win the region. Uh, you know, that's those Cinderella stories are always fun, but have it not be a Western Maine Conference team for once, and that would that would add a little extra element of of surprise and, and a little bit more of a twist to the to the South playoffs. Any, any plans on Thursday yet? Have you made a decision as to where you're uh, going to be blessing folks with your presence? Yeah, I think it kind of depends on, uh, you know, how the next couple days unfold. But I think the plan right now is for me to cover Hamden Lewiston uh, quarterfinal on Thursday, which should be a really good one. That really, that really will be a good one because, unfortunately, we can only spread resources so thin. So, if you're looking for updates, Hamden Lewiston will be with Randy. So that's. Have, have, have you guys have you done a game from Lewiston Little League? I have not done a game from Lewiston Little League. I have not. I I I'd actually never been there before until I went there to to do the story on on the Cox Brothers a couple weeks ago. I never the it's the former Elliott League uh, Little League field, and I. 
I've been to Auburn many times. I've never been to that field, though, which, you know, I'm sure someone listening right now says, oh, I always knew you were more of an Auburn guy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how they do in terms of if they get, and Lewiston usually gets pretty decent baseball crowds. Uh, You know, it's kind of a small field, uh, so if there's, any kind of turnout there, uh, it, it should be a good atmosphere. Well, and I mean, the the thing is, that'll be the the one home game, and then if they win, they would move on to probably to face somebody else. So yeah, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, they would unfortunately have to go up to Bangor. Yeah, most likely, assuming Bangor wins their their quarterfinal. Most likely, um, yeah. most likely, probably could count on that. I think. Yeah, and then. Uh, uh, and then uh, now regionals will still be up in Augusta, and then the finals and all that stuff will be down at St. Joe's. That's the plan this year. For baseball, yes. Uh, for a for a North, yeah, that's that's the plan. Um, they had to change the softball, of course, uh, because of uh, some vandalism at at Coney Field. I haven't had a chance to find out exactly what happened. I've just uh, you know the story that I saw. I think it was a press herald that did our friends at the press herald did talking about how it, it was the the A North softball region was being moved. Uh, I I didn't see you know what it, what kind of damage had been done. I know it was a little while ago and and you know they had had some time to fix it and, and make the repairs that they needed, but they just didn't feel that that the field would be ready for uh, for the softball region. It's too bad. I like that's one of my favorite softball field. That's a really great place to watch a game because you're right behind home plate, almost at field level, and uh, you know, it's in the, the concession stand is right behind you. You don't even have to go outside. You can just take a step down and ask for uh, you know your hot dog or whatever. It's a, it's a great <laughs> facility. It's too bad they won't be hosting softball this year. Yeah, it is. It is a, it is a, it is a rough one. It's alright, though. It's okay. Alright, so we Kyler Murray gets drafted by the Oakland A's, right? Um, and he could he's going to go play football at Oklahoma. So I asked Wing earlier, I'm like, Wing, you could you were able to play both at that time. If you had to make the decision, what would you do? And you know, he went through it. What what would you do, Randy? Like, it seems to me like this kid is kind of a moron for uh, for not signing with the A's. Like, I would I would sign that contract if be playing baseball, and I could always play football later. Yeah, well, as someone who's on the opposite end of that spectrum and couldn't play any sport, <laughs> I, you know, I, I haven't read the story, but but was the the organization that drafted him any kind of a factor? Do we know or that I haven't, I have not seen and or heard anything yet. Yeah, um, you know, if if it's an organization that I don't really have a lot of faith in and developing and get the most out of my abilities. Uh, you know, I can understand, you know, his decision a little bit. But, I mean, yeah, I'm, you know, just looking at all other things being equal. I mean, what do you want to do? You want to, you know, risk uh, potential serious harm to your body uh, for who knows if you're even going to be drafted. Or, you know, do you want the sure thing and the sure money and, and, you know, most likely, you know, come out with all your faculties at the end of your career? I mean, I, you know, that seems like a no-brainer. Um, but, you know, like I said, I don't know what kind of other other circumstances there are for this kid. Uh, either way, you know, he's, he's, doing, he's doing a heck of a lot better than, than most of us if he's got, you know, the choice between 
becoming a millionaire the easy way or becoming a millionaire the hard way. You know, that's, that's not so bad. That's not a bad choice to have. So, yeah, I, I said I hope that he's not making that decision. I mean, I know having played those two sports, uh, I mean, football was my love. So when it came down to making a tough choice, I would have always picked football. You know, and I'm wondering if I'm, I'm hoping that he's making a practical, logical decision, not one based on his heart. You know, I at some point, like you say, he doesn't know that he's going to be drafted in the NFL. And depending on where he gets drafted, who knows what happens? And he could get hurt the first week. Yeah. In baseball, yeah. you you know they they tend to have. I mean, I know you could get stuck in the minors, but they're going to pay four million dollars up front. That's not a bad start. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we know that he doesn't get all of that, but still, right? He gets enough of it, and he can put it away. Yeah, they don't. Uh... They don't give you that kind of money because they think your your ceiling is triple A. No, know? that's they, correct. Yep. They they they're going to give you every shot at, at becoming uh, you know a guy who, who's worth the, that bonus baby kind of money. Uh, you know, and like you said, you know, you, you hope that he's he's making the the practical decision and not making it with his heart. You know, you, who knows what kind of influence his family is having over him. True. You know, you, you just don't you just don't know you know what direction they're pushing him in, uh, or the you know pushing in in both directions. Who knows? Um, you know, I just I'm sure it's a very hard decision for a, a young man like that to make. But uh, you know, like I said, I <laughs> I'd rather be in his shoes. <laughs> I mean, technically, he he could play his senior year at o- at Oklahoma and then and then uh, go with a baseball team. I'm I don't know sure what the parameters they sat with that they, I mean they used their first round pick on him, yeah. they're not going to fool around for too long. So, yeah. and you you hear about guys, uh, you know, all the time that kind of, you know, end up playing professionally in their you know second sport or the second favorite sport. You know, you, you read all the time about guys you know playing baseball, say you know. Growing up, football was my favorite sport. Football was my passion, or vice versa. Um, and generally, you know, they they feel at peace with the decision. Now, of course, you know they're doing. You know, we're reading stories about guys who make it to the to the professional, the major league level, and, and usually are succeeding. We're not reading about those guys whose, whose career stalls out in Double A or whatever so much. We. Um, but yeah, I, I you know it's, I I think a, a guy who's been playing at the level he's been playing, I guess, in both sports, uh, also probably has a, a very good idea of, of what his capabilities are and what his sure. kind of ceiling is in both sports as well. We we talked about one this morning uh, early on. You know, there was a guy that was drafted in the sixth round to play football, and also to play catcher for the Montreal Expos and. <laughs> Thank God he decided to choose football, but uh, and wasn't wasn't baseball his best sport, or I don't know if it was his favorite sport, but uh, you know supposedly baseball, at least I think in high school, was was the sport that he thought he was going to become a pro at. Right? We're talking about Tom Brady. That, that's my understanding. Um, you know what I swear that's all about. He wanted to prove they were wrong and not picking him. Earlier in the draft, I swear, and he's uh, and he's hung on to that his entire career. 
that would kind of fit. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, oh, well, shocker of shockers, Maddie, he's back at camp. I never saw this coming. You know, it's... <sighs> yeah, I was about to do a breaking news that Tom Brady has arrived... He ha- he is ready. Is he in a chauffeured limo, or what's the you know? No, the way he that- he walked onto the f- he was the last quarterback onto the field. By the way, according to ESPN, you was, I mean, I can't believe they didn't have a crew there to just to see if he and Gronk were there. I mean, they've made that they've made a, that a month long story, haven't they? Yeah, really. Oh yeah, like this has been quite a thing. It's almost the only thing that kept him on the air. I think. Yeah. Well, the, the, they, there should be trumpets. Playing as he enters the field, and, and Belichick, it, if Belichick had like any kind of sense of humor, he like no seriously have a red carpet rolled out. <laughs> really good point. On the field, I mean that that's you know I think that would really just completely nip this whole situation in the butt. I you know I don't think it's any kind of situation anyway, but I, I think you know if Belichick just totally threw the. The, uh, especially the national people, a, a curveball there, and, and like showed a a, a a sense of humor about this. You know, well, you know, I'm sure there'd be the the, the bozos who said, "Ooh, Bill Belichick, you know, trying to embarrass Tom Brady as he." Re- oh yeah, they'd play it up somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, they got to turn it any way they want to, but uh, I think most people would have gotten the message of you know how big of a joke this all was for the last. Oh, what are we at? Like uh, four four months now. That's all right. It's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. We're gonna we're gonna live through this year, and uh, going to be all right. We're going to be okay. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how it all goes. I think we're going to make it. I think we're going to be fine. I think we're going to be good. I'm just. I'm waiting. Honestly, at this point, the only thing getting me through the next couple of weeks is the possibility of seeing summer league Yabu in a couple of weeks. That's where I'm at. Have you watched any of the finals? I haven't watched any of the finals. I have. I, I have. I have watched much of the finals, and I, I we were talking to Travis Barrett about this in the last segment. Right now, the the NBA is 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 the best reality show, the best Netflix binge in the world, and the problem is it's taking forever to complete. Like three days between game one and game two, then three days between game two and game three because you need travel. Apparently, traveling from Oakland to San Francisco must be pretty taxing between games one and two and then they got the three games so they don't play again till tomorrow night and then they finally go to you know by the t- i mean this thing will be over on friday i mean tomorrow's it like that's that's a wrap kids. well that's why like, they're trying to drag it out you know yeah i mean otherwise it's over it, it'll be in in a week but i mean we're we've, we're down two games it, we got two games in five days going on right now i think that's probably a little bit a little bit whatever but I'm waiting for this to end because the the scenario has already been set up. Like uh, LeBron tried his hardest, and and management, even though he was the one who probably had control over it, or maybe he didn't. Who knows? Um, you know, it, management built the team around him that thought would would work with him. And if they don't win it, then you know he's going to say, "Well, I tried. I did what I could, and look what happened." J.R. Smith forgot to rebound the forgot to put the shot back up. Like. He's got his exit strategy, so it's just a matter of where he exits to, and now we got to sit around and wait on that. Yeah, I, that will be, you know, obviously something, that, especially as a Celtic fan, you, you need to pay attention to over the summer, but, you know, it's already gotten old. It got old months ago, you know, all the speculation about where he's going, uh, and I suspect over the summer it's just, you know, I'm, I have no doubt he's going to drag it out as long as possible. 
absolutely no doubt about that, just to torture us even more. And, uh, you know, when the, when the decision part two is finally made, uh, everyone will stand up and, and applaud and say he did the right thing and, and what a great, great move it was for, for him and for whatever city he's going to be playing for. And, uh, you know, more tongue bathing will ensue. And, and then, you know, hopefully we'll be able to focus on the Celtics beating him next year because he's not going to the Western Conference. He's staying in the East, and the Celtics are, are probably going to have to beat the team that he's with next year uh, to win the title. So, uh, you know, whatever he decides, I, I, I hope that, uh, you know, he's, he's comfortable with the decision because, you know, I'm, I'm always concerned about his, uh, his confidence in, in, his own, uh, in his own decision. I just, I don't think he's going to, I think if he decides to stay in Cleveland, like that would be the worst. I mean, he's going to, he's going to age in place at that point. If he goes to Philadelphia, I don't think it's going to work. I think he's going to end up in LA. I think, I think that's the plan. And I, the other thing that I see and tell me, you haven't, you tell me you haven't watched the finals, but the other thing that I've seen, I've read about, and I've seen plenty of video highlights. Kevin Durant looks miserable playing for Golden State. Just like he's not like he's being held hostage, but at the same time, it's like he's thinking about what life would be like on the outside if he could maybe dig a hole underneath that Rita Hayworth poster. You know, why? Why do you think he's miserable? With he just looks miserable. He looks like yeah. he is unhappy. But what? What would your theories be on why he would? Be? I think him and Steve Kerr don't get along. Like Steve Kerr was literally unable to coach earlier this year because he couldn't move because his back was destroyed. Kevin Durant turned the ball over in the second quarter of the NBA Finals, and Steve Kerr was standing right behind him, and he jumped up and down like a maniac. Like, I can't imagine that's helping your spinal stenosis, Steve. Like, I can't imagine that that is really, really, you know, a, a big uh, assist uh, to your back. No, no better way to mask pain than rage. So, I mean, it's it's kind of like when you see Belichick and Brady, they're always just stoic. You know, Brady's usually fired up about whatever, but Belichick is pretty stoic about things. And um, I've never seen him, like, like kind of flip out on a guy, like, blatantly on camera. Like, you, you hear it later during the, the open mic sessions and all that other stuff and the hidden mics and all that stuff. But, you know, that was, like, blatant. Like, I, I've never seen Brad Stevens do that. Like, what in the world is going It just... Something doesn't seem right. I've never seen Kerr do that with Draymond Green, I don't think so. No, that's right. And, and that I don't get either. Like, I just... And the other part is, too, if you... There are, you know, there were Warrior fans out there, like, people that were around that, and none of them really... It's not that they don't like Durant. It's just that he's not one of their... You know how Yankees fans yeah. are all about whether you're the true oh, Yankee yeah. or not? Yeah. Well, Curry and Green and Thompson all won a title without Kevin Durant. Yeah. I, I think there's something to I was going to say that's the thing. Yeah, I, I think that they're they're getting flack because you couldn't win it if you didn't, you know, if they didn't bring this superstar in mm -hmm. and I think they're saying, "Yeah, we could have and we'll we'd like him to leave so we can show you we can win again." I I agree with that totally. I you know, and it's always tough when you're in one of these little mini dynasty or dynasty runs to kind of come in midstream and when you're as insecure as, as Kevin Durant clearly is uh, and that's been one of my biggest disappointments in him he was you know probably my favorite non-Celtic from the time he came out from the time he was in at Texas uh, and uh, you know I absolutely loved him and, and over you know 
what's he in uh, year eight, year nine, something like that. I don't, I don't know exactly, but in the time that he's been in the league, uh, my my admiration and respect for him has has been chipped away pretty steadily. And and one of the big reasons is, I you know, he's he's obviously a, a very insecure individual for for someone as talented as he is, and I could understand that. Uh, flaring up when you come to a team that was had already established its greatness before you arrived, and already had you know some some extremely popular and and beloved players uh, in at Golden State. Uh, so you know I'm sure he kind of feels like he's a little bit of a fifth wheel there, and uh, maybe Kerr, you know, uh, brings that out even more. You know who knows how he. At practice or in meetings or whatever, if he if he treats the the guys that have been around a little bit longer differently than he does Durant, who knows? Uh, but so, are you saying you you'd like uh, Danny to explore bringing him to Boston? Or? No, no, no. I don't. <laughs> Kevin Durant would be the Celtics' answer to David Price if he came oh, here. Oh wow! Don't yeah, you think? Okay, yeah, yeah. I I can't argue with that, but you know. I, I think one thing, if, if he came out here, people would be a lot more excited and a lot more willing to give him a break than they were David Price. So I think he'd have a longer rope than David Price. You really think so? I do. Because, because of the courtship before. I no, see. the courtship before he went to the, to the war, uh, Warriors. Yeah, that's a good... You'd think so. See, I think that they'd still be mad that they chose the Warriors in the first place. You know what I mean? Uh, some will, but I, I think most people were pretty realistic that he wasn't coming here. You know, despite the full-court press that, that the Celtics put on, I don't think a lot of people were, you know, willing to, to cut ties or, you know, to to just, you know, sign him off for the rest of his career as, as, a, as a bad guy. Um, you know, there were people last year, I think, that were talk, still talking about, you know, somehow finding a way to get him out here, you know, because he had, the, I guess, the opt-in, you know, he had the, the one-year option, I guess. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe he would be the, the next David Price, but, you know, I, I think he'd at least have a little bit more uh, leeway to start with. <laughs> And who knows, maybe completely destroy that in no time flat. The only person the only person I want the Celtics team to go after if they can get him is Carl Anthony Towns. Anyone else can just you know I'll, I'll trust Davis? No, Carl Anthony Towns. No, I I think Carl I think Davis is brittle and I think Davis is gonna be one of those guys like like an Amari Stoudemire or somebody like that who's gonna get hurt once and he's never gonna come back from it. Yeah. Like he, he, cause he's constantly, he is hurt. You, you thought you used to have heart palpitations watching Kevin Garnett leap for rebounds. Like Anthony Davis is similar. Like, and, and it's, and it's, it happens all the time. And I see it constantly because there's weirdly a lot of Pelicans fans on Twitter, which I find strange, but you know, when Davis goes down Anthony Davis down holding his ankle, Anthony Davis holding his knee, Anthony Davis. Holding, I just, I don't want any part of Anthony Davis. No, thanks. Give me Carl Anthony Towns, slide him in at the five, let Horford play the four. And then you've got a starting lineup of, you know, of Kyrie Tatum, Hayward, Horford, and, and, and Carl Anthony Towns, 
with the rest of the gang coming off the bench, you're probably going to have to trade Jalen, but I'm, I'm trading Jalen for Carl Anthony Towns every day and twice on Sunday. Yeah. No, I, I would make that deal. And, you know, if you wanted to throw in the, you know, this year's draft pick, I'd be fine with that. And if you wanted to throw in, uh, you know, the, the Sacramento draft pick that next year for Towns, I'd do that. Um, and I'd do it for Davis, too. Uh, but I can understand your concerns with his uh, ability to stay healthy. But uh, I, I would still take Towns, uh, Davis over Towns. But I'd be happy with either. I'm also trying to look at it from the. Um, I'm trying to look at it from the from the um, perspective of salaries, like how they're going to match up. How you, the problem is, you could get Towns only, and and you could trade Rozier and Brown for him, and it would work under the cap, or you could, you know what I mean? You could do that, and you could trade a pick with him, whereas if you get Davis, you've got to match up a salary. I don't want Al Horford to leave quite yet. Do I want to trade him a year early beforehand? Sure, but then if Anthony Davis comes in and gets hurt, I mean, Horford's been pretty durable for the most part. You know, I, I, I want to see this team in, in full health, and I want them to keep as many guys as they can before they have to trade somebody. Now, I think Marcus Morris is going to have to leave. I don't think he's going to fit in on this team next year because you're not going to have enough playing time for him. And I don't think, I think it's going to be very similar to Hanley Ramirez. You're going to want to get him out before he becomes a problem. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, yeah, it makes good, good sense. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think that what he brought to the table, you know, in terms of his versatility, his ability to, to defend it at two or three different positions um you know he had a little bit of an attitude which they certainly needed um but you know you make some other moves you're right his playing time is is going to be reduced you know pretty significantly next year assuming everybody else's health um and that attitude might might start to become a negative on the team if he's not playing and you know you might not need his his edge if you do keep on if you do keep smart on board uh you know so yeah i can definitely see his time with the celtics being over what what do you think about i guess there were some rumors about them trading up to get like bomba which uh you know i would love (laughs) well a lot of people would randy but i'm gonna ask you this you're trading the number three pick in the 2016 draft for the number five pick in the 2018 draft. And it's a guy who, he's a great player, but to me, he's going to be a developmental center. Like, how much is he going to play? Like, Tatum only played a lot of minutes last year because everyone was hurt. He had to. I mean, if you look at what they did with Brown the year before, he didn't play a ton of minutes to start the year. It was very limited in what they had him do. Like, I don't think they can afford to wait to have a guy just sitting on the bench and learning and, and playing when he can. You know what I mean? Like I just I think they're too I think they're too close to the to the 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 prize for that. I think they need someone a little you know, if they're get now you wanna tell me they're gonna get up and get DeAndre Ayton? Okay, let's let's have a conversation. Let's have a discussion. You know? Um, but I, I just don't I, I feel like that would if and if he doesn't pan out and Jalen Brown becomes decent, man, you're you're going to be looking at it. So I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah, I'm 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 pretty confident Jalen Brown's going to be you know better than decent, uh, despite what how he played in Game Seven. Uh, I think he's going to be an All Star. Um, and, and you're right, you know, Obama. There's definitely a, a developmental aspect to him where you know he's you know he'll probably be able to contribute defensively right away, but he'll be 
you know, so far behind offensively that, that he could be a detriment on that end, at least, you know, for the first year. Uh, I, I just think going forward and for the long term, he's, he's exactly what they need, and, and like Towns is. And if you wanted to make that deal for Towns, it's obviously more of a sure thing. You know, I'm, I'm all in favor for that. But they, there's no doubt they, they need a, a rim protector and, and someone who can uh, rebound. And, you know, Bamba, you know, he, he wasn't the most physical player last year when I saw him, and he needs to put out some, some muscle and some weight. But I think he's the kind of guy that, that will be a, a presence in the paint and someone who can set a tone for you physically. But, uh, you know, it, it would be you know, something where you're looking at him make, starting to really make an impact two or three years down the line. So, yeah, I can understand uh, some hesitance with, with that kind of a deal, for sure. Talking Randy Whitehouse from the Sun Journal, sunjournal.com. Uh, your boys, Red Sox, they're doing okay. They're doing they're doing just fine. They're back in action tonight. Back in action tonight, hanging out, doing things. Um, that was... I, it was almost like I, I was waiting for the duck boats to be cured up, uh, queued up because they, they split with the Astros. I, I was waiting. I, was, I thought Jake Peavy was going to bring one back to town. Uh, so do you have the Yankee dynasty going to 2035 now or 2036? I, they can't even beat the Detroit Tigers. <laughs> well, they split. I mean, it was a doubleheader. They split. I mean, what, you know, that you can't, you can't complain about that too much. I know the Tigers stink. But, you know, they're... The, the Yankees better get used to these doubleheaders. Uh, they've got a few of them this season. What, they have like six or seven games to make up? That's what I heard on the radio. Yeah, they got tonight. six They got six games to make up right now. Yeah. Six games. Um, so, how about that pitching? That's that's really going to be good for that, that pitching staff to, to have guys, uh, you know, getting moved around the rotation and guys having to step in for spot starts. And uh, I... I think you guys might be a little more vulnerable than, than a lot of Yankee fans think they do, and I think it's going to be the pitching that's going to bring you down. Well, it's interesting. I that agree. A, it's interesting that, a, that the weather could really hurt a franchise, and you get behind and stop playing doubleheaders. It is the pitching. Herman, no Herman last night, he pitched fine. The, the runs that he allowed, one was a completely misplayed blooper into left field that Andujar and Frazier, like Andujar didn't get out of the way in time, which, you know, he's he's young. That's going to happen. But, you know, that it's stupid stuff like that, losing 4-2 to two at Detroit, or having to use it. Why are they using Araldis Chapman when you're up 7-1? to one? Oh, because your bullpen didn't hold the lead and they made it 7-4, to four, so it became a save situation. Like, those are the dumb things that cause you to lose a game here and there or overtax your bullpen when you don't need it overtaxed. Like, it's just, it makes no sense to me. Like, those, those things still continue to happen. It, as cool as it is to see home runs and strikeouts and things like that, like, there's a lot of stuff about the game right now that's really bad because, one, guys can't get down sacrifice bunts because they just, they don't do it anymore. Um, they can't hit to the opposite side of the field because they don't do it anymore. They can't hit and run because they can't make contact. Half of them can't run. Like the what, what happened to the game that I grew up watching? Like it, it's it's not movement anymore. Now it's it, it's it's home run derby and uh, at least give me some bullpen cart races or something. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, you're right. That, everybody talks about pace of play and all that, but you know the, the biggest problem that baseball is going to have going forward is is you know, just the lack of action. You know, the feast or famine stuff. 
um, you know, it's it, it, it's only it can only be so exciting to watch a guy, even your own home, you know, if you, it's your home team pitcher mowing that guys down, striking guys out. After a while, it's like, oh, hey, great, another strikeout. You know, and you need action. You have better athletes in the sport now than you've ever had. You have incredible athletes in baseball, and they're all just standing around. Uh, you know, so uh, that's that's something that they need to address going forward. And, and the Red Sox are just about as guilty of, of playing that boring kind of brand of baseball as the Yankees are. And, you know, I mean, look at Houston. Houston's, you know, full of athletes and, and speed and, and, you know, plenty of power mixed in there, too. And, you know, they they should be one of the most exciting teams to watch, you know, of, of our lifetimes, I think. And it's just, it's like, you know, it's like having one of those uh, tabletop hockey games that we had as kids and the, all, the, all the slide things being all jammed up and, and you know, gummed up with, with dust bunnies and you can't move the levers back and forth. All the, all the hockey guys have to stay in one place to, to hit the puck. That's the best analogy I could come up with now. That's good. I like that. <laughs> That's, didn't you have one of those tabletop? hockey games when you were a kid? No. I, no, I used to play one at some places I worked at, and it pretty much ran my life. That is the oh, next no thing, problem. though. When I, when I have my own space, or maybe when I've got a, maybe when I've got my own studio, like on-site studio, I think there'll be a bubble hockey thing that goes in there. There's also going to have to be an old Nintendo and an old Sega Genesis. Yeah. You know, we're going to have to go, we're going to have to go full bore. You know, yeah. like... Yeah, absolutely. You got to have, you know, that guy have foosball, you know... You know, it never really was into foosball all that much. Oh. Nah, nah, bubble hockey was kind of where it was at with me. Bubble uh, hockey. No, I, I would take bubble hockey all day over foosball. But oh, yeah. you know, a, a lot of places, you know, only certain select places had, uh, you know, the arcade of Laverdiers usually didn't have the, the bubble hockey. Uh, you usually had to settle for, you know, some, like, you know, uh, Mike Tyson's knockout or something to get your... To get your Fighting on. Well, you see, the other thing I'd like to get there too is like maybe the NBA Jam uh, arcade game. I think oh, that would be good too. Yeah, but they have to change the Celtics players on it because one of them like Montross and you know like Todd Day or something. No, it was Reggie Lewis and uh, Reggie Lewis and uh, and and somebody. Right? Hold on. Oh, I seem to remember when I was playing the Celtics. NBA Jam original edition teams. Okay, let's find out. We're gonna Google this. Okay. <laughs> We're going to bring it in. The 1993 video game, NBA Jam. All right, here we go. So here we are. Here we I are. Here we are. Brown and, like, uh, yeah, Xavier McCain. <laughs> <laughs> that was the featured teams and players. All right. So, da, 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 da. okay, no Michael Jordan. So he wasn't on there. And uh, there was no Shaquille O'Neal. He was in the arcade version. Um and then they had to be. Re- they had to remove Reggie Lewis and Drazen Petrovic uh, after the release of the arcade version. So yeah, and then Charles Barkley had to go, and then they were coded later. Um, yeah, that was. That's interesting. That's interesting. I could have swore there was one one edition that had like Montross and like you know Nate Driggers or something. It was, it was embarrassing how bad the Celtics. In that game. Uh, the Celtics in those were D. Brown, Dino Raja, Dominique Wilkins. Okay. Dominique. 
Let's see. What else did you have? You had some other good ones here. Uh, late, well, later on, you ended up having some good ones in the 94. Let's see. You had uh, 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 the, the Bulls had uh, Armstrong, Kukoc, Pippen. Uh, the Knicks had uh, Nick. Uh, the, who'd the Knicks have? Where did this go? Why are the Knicks not there? Like the, Oh, uh, Patrick Ewing, Charles Oakley, John Starks. Stacy Ogman, Mookie Blaylock, Kevin Wallace for the Hawks. Oh yeah, this was the Clippers back at the time too. They were uh, tremendous. Pooh Richardson and Stanley Roberts. Yes, the Lakers. <laughs> oh, the Lakers with Vladi Divac, uh, Vladi Divac, uh, um, Anthony Peeler, and Nick Van Exel. I remember I used to use the Heat. I used to use the Heat all the time because I had Harold Miner, Harold Miner, Glenn Rice, oh, yeah. Steve Smith, Baby Jordan, Baby yeah, Jordan. Baby Jordan, Isaiah Ryder, and Christian Leitner with Doug West on the Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> All my friends wanted to use the Sonics because of Gary Payton and Sean Kemp. So oh, that no, was, yeah. And then you had uh, um, the the Golden State Warriors were Tom Gugliotta, Ronnie Cycli, and Latrell Sprewell. And then you had Robert Ory, Hakeem Olajuwon, and Otis Thorpe for the Rockets. So, yeah. Yeah. Who the Sixers? The Sixers were Sean Bradley, Jeff Malone, and Clarence Weatherspoon. Holy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's where we're at right now. I, I would... You know, when I'm looking at these, like, I'm trying to look and see, like, who the best ones. You had Muggsy Bogues, Larry Johnson, Alonzo Mourning for the Hornets. That was another popular team that people would take. Um, because, you know, there were a lot of Charlotte Hornets starter jackets stole that the, uh, sold at the Ames and Jay. I, I've never understood that one. But a lot of people liked that teal at the time. Yeah, and Grandmama. Yeah, and then they were able to switch to their Portland Sea Dogs teal later that summer, and it worked out, you know, even better for them. Um yeah, I, the Detroit Pistons had Joe Dumars, Oliver Miller, and Terry Mills. So they, Oliver, they kind of Oliver Miller. Oliver Miller. The the Timberwolves had Leitner, which you know, which is amazing. Wow. Um, the the Phoenix Suns, Kevin Johnson, Danny Manning, and Dan Marley. Yeah, I, I remember playing them a lot. Yeah, and then yeah. Uh, the Trailblazers had Clyde Drexler, Terry Porter, and Cliff Robinson. They're like the old veteran team. You know, that was. Those are the days, man. Those are the days. Randy Whitehouse, Sun Journal. You can catch him later on on Twitter. He will be at the Sacopee Valley Winthrop baseball game. And then he'll have coverage from Hamden and Lewiston on Thursday, depending on how things go. We will have more on the way. Thanks, Randy. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. you. That's Randy Whitehouse from the Sun Journal, sunjournal.com. We'll take a break. We owe you one here on Sports Time. (laughs) 